Hey, I'm Kevin Pettit. And I'm Martin Frazier. And we are Loud Americans Discussing Soccer, better known as Lads. Lads. Oh, got it. Mm. We're drinking. Oh, God. Oh. We're drinking bottles today, boys. Um, yes, we are. It is January, 20th, <laughs> January 23rd, 2018. Um, if you guys didn't notice, that wasn't a uh, beer can opening. That was a bottle. Uh, so we got this new thing we're going to do. Uh, we've been listening to a bunch of other podcasts and, you know, we think that it'd be cool instead of, you know, us just drinking like the normal PBR, the shitty Miller Lite and all this, even though like, that's what I usually drink on weekends anyway. The people's beer. Uh, we try and give the people what they want. Um, but we're people and we want to try some new stuff. So Kevin actually thought of this today. He oh, came thanks. over to my oh. desk. Yeah. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm oh. throwing all that praise. This beautiful man right here sitting across from me. He thought of the most brilliant idea ever, oh, and you will never guess what it is. Um, actually, I just kind of stole it from Martinis and Murder, which is a great other podcast. Shout out to um, them for being smarter. Yeah, they're way smarter than us. Um, and essentially, every podcast, we're going to try a different beer. We're going to give a rating. We're going to tell you about the beer. Um, so today, we started with a little local, John. Uh, it is the Walt Witt. It is a unfiltered Belgian-style white ale. It is made... It is. It is an ale brewed with grapefruit peel and chamomile. Chamomile, you uncultured swine. (laughs) Have you never had chamomile tea? No. Fucking unbelievable. I've had like Old Grey. Is that close? No. Chamomile is like, I think it's like sleepy time or bedtime tea. That's at least what my mom called it. (laughs) You bitch. (laughs) You dumb bitch. Um, So it's it's pretty good. I wouldn't, I think I've had better Belgian ales. Um, Walt Whit, by the way, uh, there's the Walt Whitman Bridge in Philadelphia. That's cool. He's from Philadelphia? I, I don't cannot know. tell you. Someone fact check us. Um, where's our producer, Tyler? Um, so I'd, I'd give it... We'll do, how we want to do the rating? We'll do it out of five. Um, out of five? I give it a 3.2. All right. I'm going to give it a four because it's super easy Ooh. to drink. It's sweet. And it's better than PBR. Oh, cheers. All right. Cheers nice. to that. All right. Walt Witt. Pretty pretty decent. I would <laughs> pretty drink, decent. I would, the final grade. I would drink it again. Yeah. Um, so Martin was on vacation. Um, he was down in North Kakalaki, Carolina. Um, how was that? Oh, so my first day I got down there, I realized that, you know, all my friends had, you know, graduated college a couple of years ago, moved away from my bumfuck town. And Classic. so I started drinking and uh, watching Manchester United films, soccer at every chance. But the problem was my mom didn't have cable. So I was, honest to God, forced to go to a bar to watch all sports, which wasn't a problem for me. But well, There was a lot of great sports to watch. It was. It was um, so fun. <laughs> yeah, this is way better than the Skype uh, podcast. Right. If you heard last week, we essentially had to do the podcast via... I pretty much stuck a microphone into the laptop and was like... It's essentially one of the, our good friend, Anthony Shopa, who will be on later in the show, said it sounded like the parents from the Peanuts, like the Charlie Pratt. <laughs> or so, is that the teacher? As, no, I think it's the parents. Like, they, they go up and you're like... <laughs> so we, I honestly still don't know how to do, like, Skype interviews or recordings and stuff like that. Um, but we also got to appreciate, since we are in South Philadelphia, uh, the Eagles going to the NFC Championship, beating that ass. We the dogs, boy! We are the underdogs, Mm. um, again, and we beat the Vikings ass, which was awesome, so the miracle Minneapolis can suck a dick. Um, (laughs) Is that polite? I think it's politically correct at this point in time because Vikings, Case Keenum, suck a dick. Yep. But 
it was really shitty. Both of us weren't in Fiddly for the game itself. I was on a train, or not a train, a bus, um, coming up, and I just got drunk on a bus and got rowdy on a bus and watched the Eagles game. Kev, it was in Orlando. I, I was in Orlando. Um, I was with my, my girlfriend. Hey, uh, I think this is a good time where someone would say, uh, congrats on the sex. Um, this is a perfect time to say that. Oh, Martin takes a drink of his beer. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I was in Orlando, Florida, stuck in an airport. Oh my God. That was a long drink. I'm back. He's back. He's back. Um, he was a, also never fly spirit airlines. Never fly. Oh yeah. Planes don't make sense. You flew too. Yeah. I hate it. Um, anyway, I was stuck in an airport filled with Philadelphia fans, but this is a story I wanted to tell you. I told Martin I had something to tell him and he's going to be pissed at me. So the week before when we beat the Falcons, the Eagles beat the Falcons, my uncle texted me immediately afterwards and said, I'm going to fucking fight you if it's about a ticket. He said, hey, Kev, you try going to fucking fight you if you say what I think you're about to say. Like, honest to God, smash a beer bottle over your head if you say what I'm about. I'm motherfucker don't you fucking say it otherwise i am honestly going to fight you on this podcast so my uncle texted me and said hey trying to go to the nfc championship game (laughs) (laughs) and i and i said no i'm flying down to florida to see my girlfriend no 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 no, no. i'm not i'm not done he texted back he said ah what a shame i was going to treat you (laughs) you suck I've oh been telling, my I, god so, Kev. so all the sports guys all the football guys who listen to our podcast you can all just shame me forever yeah, um, seriously i'm not yeah. a part of this this yeah. is on this um, idiot me me the romantic uh went down to florida and you know what? i had a great time i so i'm not upset i would I'm, be i'm just devastated i'm I upset felt, for you i feel like it was like the scene from a uh, fever pitch when uh, what's oh, his Jimmy Fallon yeah. chose to go out to dinner to that like 1920s Gatsby party with Drew Barrymore and he's like oh no you know we're down three three games to the Yankees and turns out they made the greatest comeback in uh, World Series history yep. and he missed the game and he wasn't there so he's like devastated everyone's out celebrating and didn't he um, break up with his girlfriend because of that yeah they had like a little split up go yeah. watch Fever Pitch it's actually Fever Pitch is a remake of a soccer movie in England by the way I just recently found that out it was called Cold Pitch at first oh ooh Ooh, that's I, not true at all. Someone uh, fact uh, check me. <laughs> it just uh, fits with the that's, weather. That's not how that works. Okay. Um. So yeah. So I missed the game, and you know we were underdogs. We beat that ass. So congratulations to the Philadelphia Eagles. Um. You know the second best sports team in Philadelphia, next to the Union, right? Yeah, I think so. I think that's I correct. Think that's how yeah. it works. That's one hundred percent correct. You know the coolest thing, the second coolest thing that came out of this victory was seeing Julie Ertz Johnson's reaction to uh zach ertz's win and uh julie ertz had just finished playing a game in denmark for the u.s women's national team scored a goal scored a fucking goal and she didn't know if the eagles won she didn't know if her husband won he she didn't know if her uh if zach was going to the super bowl i'm calling him zach because i feel like zach and i are tight right you got, now yo, i think we're close i think we can call him zach we're, yeah, yeah. We're boys. yeah all right we're boys. so zach goes to the He's going to go to the Super Bowl. And Julie Ertz Johnson, I don't know why I'm calling her by three fucking names. I did see her like three weeks ago. Ricky walking. Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> um, she finds out that he's going to the Super Bowl and she breaks the fuck down. And then she's so excited, flapping her wings, go birds, yada, yada, yada. And then fucking, man, I'll tell you what, this is about to make a grown man cry. Are you crying right now? I'm fucking crying. Bitch. I know. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's that chamomile tea, man. It's that cam- it's the chamomile, or chamomile beer. Beer. <laughs> and then when fucking Zach saw the video of Julie Ertz getting all uh, happy about that shit, he started crying. So right there, right here, right now, you have football and soccer coming together. And if football and soccer can come together, I have faith in this world and couples everywhere. I think they would make the perfect rugby baby, right? That would be absolutely. So if you combine soccer with football, that would be rugby, right? Right? Whoa, I, th- whoa, I think whoa. so. That the or ma- oh, lacrosse. Look, yo, fuck lacrosse. I agree. Everyone's like lacrosse is going to be the next big sport in America. Is it? No, no one gives a. Remember fuck Remember when it. paintball was the next big sport in America? Dude, I fucking love paintball. I do too, dude. I, I spent way too much money. Yeah, on paintball me too. I had like a sick ass like four hundred dollar gun. Or yeah, me like too. That. Yeah. Anyway. All right. It's a soccer pod. So, you know what? We had a wild fucking weekend, guys. Um, And both of us were gone. So now we're back in Philly. Can't wait to talk to y'all. Kev, let's start off with the Chelsea game. That thrashing of Brighton, 4 0. Yeah, it started off pretty wild. Uh, Eden Hazard uh, blasting open the open goal. Uh, one nil in the first three minutes. Um, my big thing is is like when a team scores so early, I just sometimes go, oh, it's about to be a route. Like you ever get that feeling like when you see someone score in the first two minutes or first like five minutes of a game, you're like, oh, there's gonna be a lot of goals. Like I get excited. I'm like, oh my god, this is about to be like five two or something. So as soon as that happened, I was like, like okay, I think Chelsea's about to go off because I feel like they've been dealing with all this like bullshit like. Uh, transfer nonsense stuff dealing with Antonio Conte. I think they were. Do- I think they have had this built-up blue ball tension that they just wanted to release on someone. And Brighton, the gay capital of England, was their victim. They're also called the Seagulls. So Seagulls everywhere are uh, scared of Chelsea fans now. I think, but I think Hazard's first goal and his uh, second goal, I think it really bumps Hazard back up to the best of the best. Mm-hmm. I think that boy can do anything when he's on his game. If you look at his second goal, um, just real quick, it was a, f- it was unbelievable what he did, what he influenced the defense to do, and he just slipped it right by, by them. So the question is, can Chelsea keep him? Can they build a squad around Hazard? Can they get him the support he needs and really challenge for the title next year? Um, I think it really depends on what Antonio Conte does. I really think it's how they do in the champions league but ian hazard that solo goal where he pretty much like it reminded me a lot of ronaldo like how he just right and even how he ran how he split the defenders and just like it was almost like the scarecrow from wizard of oz when he like crossed his arms and like go that way so they like split (laughs) um that was absolutely amazing but i want to go to the goal right before that williams goal the back and forth between because Murata wasn't in this game it was Batshuayi um who I you know Batshuayi gets a like he needs a more starting time so he he's a big target in the transfer market I think he needs to go somewhere and get some like starting strike because I think he's real and he's really young I think he's real nice plus he's real nice social media so I appreciate that Twitter game on point um but the back and forth it was like a ticky tacky tick thing between Batshuayi Hazard and William it was it was beautiful to watch. It had very like Arsenal elements to it, which I loved. And so it was like Hazard to Batshuayi, back to Hazard, back to William, and William just screamed it past the keeper. It was one of the best team goals I've seen all year. Yeah, and and you really saw their chemistry on that goal because honestly, at the end of the day, they passed it in a triangle. They uh, were able to get Brighton's entire defense loaded up on the two guys in the middle. Forgot about the dangerous Brazilian that is William. Whoa, I'm a poet and didn't know it. Oh, ooh, Walt Whit. You're, you're Walt Yo, Wit. Yo, I'm Walt Whit. Um, also, also w- William's kind of a sleeper. You know what I'm saying? I like William a lot, and I think 
I think he has more quality than people peg him for. I think he's more consistent than people think. Um, he was fantastic two years ago when Chelsea won the title. He was good mm-hmm. last year. So I think Conte has kind of recovered from his PTSD from the Mourinho mm-hmm. incident. And Chelsea, they needed this win. They got this win. And that team, that team goal that we saw, Hazard's rise to form again. Looking good for Chelsea right now. But I wanted to talk to you real quick about Victor Moses. Ooh, that little that little cheek. He pretty much like put the cherry on top with the 88th minute. Like, who put that ball to him? By the way, I don't know because I just rewatched all the highlights like yeah, 30 minutes ago, and I st- I can't remember again. That ball was glorious, but the way he brought it down and just finished it, it was like a striker. It was something like Suarez would do. I was like, Vic Victor, oh oh Victor Victor. Vic- Moses, like he spread the sea of those cheeks of those uh, of that keeper. <laughs> Do you remember? Ba-bumps, ba-bumps. <laughs> Do you? Are you okay? So fucking dumb. That was the dumbest joke I've ever said. Do you um, remember? Like, I think it was like a month ago, month and a half ago. It was an Arsenal game, and uh, Ramsey got a similar ball into the box and trapped slash passed it to uh, Lacazette to hammer it home. That play by Victor Moses is what I feel. Aaron Ramsey was trying to do way back when. Trap. Oh, yeah, and yeah. And that was definitely not what he was in trying to do. Yeah, no, that was. Ramsey's kind of shite. He had a good run in the Euros, and then he got two stupid yellow cards, which is a stupid rule, but that's not what we we're trying to talk about. But solid win for Chelsea. Uh, it seems like Antonio Conte steering them back on the ship. I still think they'll end up in the top four. Uh, third or fourth, I don't know. Uh, I definitely think it's going to be City, United, and then Chelsea, third or fourth. Um, so moving on, let's move on to is Arsenal. Is that cool? You want to do, you want to do Arsenal? Arsenal. Um, Arsenal. Um, first game without Sanchez, RIP. I am currently also wearing my Alexi Sanchez jersey right now, the yellow with the bl- blue collar. And uh, this is my memorial. To- I haven't shown this to you yet. Have you seen the back of my shirt? No. Oh, do you have a Sanchez jersey? Do I have a Sanchez jersey? Go fuck yourself. I don't. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't have a Sanchez jersey. Uh, later in the pod, we bring Anthony Schopel on, and uh, you'll, you guys will find out real quick that I am not a fan of that trade, but we're talking about Arsenal right now. And I think the biggest thing that we can get out of this, yeah, they played Crystal Palace, but no Sanchez, no problem. Yeah, it was kind of like how Liverpool smashed City after losing Coutinho. It was like lost a star player. I think it really gets a fire under a team's mm-hmm. feet when they lose a player like that like a crucial like a player who was like a trademark player like sanchez or coutinho um my big takeaway was nacho monreal was uh, he is phenomenal i mean he's gonna i think he's like 31 he's up there yeah he's um, an old man yeah um relatively he, speaking he yeah um but i was like he, so let's we'll start with the game so nacho uh Put in the first goal. It was mm-hmm. a nice header, like wide open it was a header. Bullet header. Oh, he smashed it into the back of the net. Um, and that was in the sixth minute. So I'm like, all right, Arsenal scored early. All right. So I'm still nervous. Um, and then Monreal again assists into the box to Iwobi, make it a 2 0. This is now, what is it, 10th minute in? I'm looking at my notes. Sorry. I I'm, see that. I'm, I'm cheating. Um, and then again with the third goal. So this is all defenders doing work here. So defenders are becoming, uh, as the men in Blazers like to say, strafenders. Uh, Monreal again from the corner places it back in the box to Lauren Koscioni, making a 3 0 in the 13th minute. And now, Martin, my big thing as an Arsenal fan right now, it's like I'm so happy we're up 3 0. But because as an Arsenal fan, I know it's so early. 
any other team would be like, all right, we won. It's a 13 minute. I'm literally there shaking. Like we're going to fuck this up. Dude. It's the same as the United fan. And in all honesty, I, I caught parts of the Arsenal game and I seriously did think you were, you guys were going to fuck it up too. But you know what? After I saw that fourth goal and I think it was the most beautiful goal, mm-hmm. the little layoff by, uh, I think it was Oatsil. Oh, was let's it, talk. Let's talk. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's talk about that goal real quick. So Ozil lays it off the Jack. Jack then right back to Ozil, who Jack is perfect at that cam spot. He is I know, nice. I know. I love that he's rocking the number ten, the cap, or rocking the captain's band for some games now, which is awesome to see. He's going back into real good form, and I think it was Gary Neville who said he's probably his favorite uh, English midfielder right now. Right I, now, I I think I gotta agree with old Scary Neville, but I think I found the source of his powers. When he uh, got hurt all the fucking time, he had long hair, yeah? Mm-hmm. Bald Jack? That's a power bald Jack. Yeah. Look at all the other baldies in the Prem right now. David Silva. David Silva, Pep, Sean Deitch. Maybe he even eats worms. We don't know at this point in time. We'll get more into that when we get in the Man United versus Absolutely. Burnley. Because uh, that's, that's a big story we need to talk about. It is, but bald Jack... The boy looks really good as that center attacking mid. His passes, not just his short passes, but he can pick out a crossfield ball, and he's so dangerous on attack, but at the same time, he's a pit bull. He's yeah. that Andy Herrera. He'll get back. He'll fucking get a yellow card just for the hell of it, and I think every team needs a Jack. Every team needs an Andy Herrera. Every team needs a Conte, and you know what? Jack might not be that uh, Vieira that y'all have been missing. Mm-hmm. Jack might not be that center defensive mid who's big, strong, but he's that pit bull that's going to go both ways on that pitch. And that final ball that he, or I guess second to final ball mm-hmm. that he passed to Ozil before Ozil laid it off to Laka. It was a back flick by it Ozil. Was it was beautiful. It was classic Ozil, classic Arsenal football. Lacazette just right past the keeper, back right. It was a great team goal. I mean, I still think the Chelsea goal was way better, but that was so... It was beautiful, though. No, it was great. I love seeing Ozil getting a nice assist there. So when we're up 4-0 at the... I believe this was the 22nd minute. So I finally felt comfortable. Until we finally have four goals, that's when I'm finally comfortable. That's the cushion Arsenal. you need. Like, I need a huge cushion. A huge cushion. It's, it's kind of like the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like, like they like you thought you were comfortable at like twenty to ten. No, you need like thirty to ten. to feel comfortable. The Pats, but I gotta say, I thought of this uh, last night. I think I was uh, or something. I was awake at two a.m. and because I have a problem, the only thing that was in my head was soccer. And I think Arsenal as a team is incredibly similar to the Eagles, with the exception of this year. Um, exactly at the uh, at the uh, quarterback. Uh, position. I couldn't think of the fucking word, apparently. Mm-hmm. At the quarterback position, the Eagles traded out Bradford first. And then did fine. Uh, fucking, um, what's it called? Arsenal traded... Sanchez? Sanchez. They're doing fine. But y'all did it before. Y'all traded RVP. You guys did fine. You might not have won the title, but y'all did fine. Traded uh, Bradford. Did okay, yeah. yeah. Traded Bradford. You got fulls. You did okay. You didn't win anything or anything, but it's that you trade a marquee player, but you can rebound from it so easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely think like I think a big thing that's really affected the team over the past two years is the loss of Santa Cazola. I think not enough people are talking about that. I know um, that I think that really weighs heavy into like how the team was so creative and he could play that deeper creative role and give those like long balls kind of like how Jacques is doing now. 
it's it's just a real shame. Um, but go back to the game. Benteke, of course, blowing a one-on-one against Czech in like the 60th minute. And then uh, I can't pronounce this guy's name. Milvojevic. Get uh, Milkovic. Yep, thank you. Um, <laughs> gets one back in the 78th minute, makes it 4-1. And I'll tell you what, it was a beautiful goal. Beautiful trap. It was from a corner, I think, or was it a cross? But he took it on his chest. Yes. And one. I'll tell you what, this was a top-quality goal for a bottom-quality side. Yeah. And he took it on his chest, turned, shot at one time. So, you know what? Power to them for getting at least any type of consolation. As a Crystal Palace fan, I guess if you get a goal that counts as a win, maybe .5 points. Uh, I take that as a win every time. Um, <laughs> so that was pretty much the Arsenal game. We do a lot more transfer talk with Anthony Chopa, which comes on later in the pod, where we talk about Aubameyang, we talk about Arsenal, and the switch of Sanchez and Mkhitaryan. So uh, hang out, and you should check that part out. Um, so let's move on to Manchester United, 1-0 to Burnley. Um, the big story I want to take away from this game is, is Sean Dyche got accused of eating worms. And my big takeaway is you like, look at that guy and like, of course he eats worms. Like my big thing is like, I look at Sean Dyche. I'm like, oh yeah, bald ginge. Yeah. He's eaten a worm before or few. All right. All right. This is a real question for a real person. Kevin's a real person. I'm half a person. You're half a person. Have you ever eaten a worm? Cause I have, I have never eaten a worm. Yo, seriously. Did you eat a bug at all when you were a kid? No. Is that a South thing? <laughs> you fuckers are gross down there. That's what that's what happens. What do you guys do down there? Eat bugs, apparently. Um, I ate... You know, I knew kids who ate bugs. I just was like, that's fucking gross. I was like four in my sandbox. I ate, I think, a ant and a worm. You know, ants are fine because they're so tiny. I would just be like, all right, like... That's not a big deal. Worm, I just, that slime factor, like, I don't even like, uh, I know, I have a horrible gag reflex. Um, it's not I, good for Brighton boys. No, but like, it was so fun. It was this Dutch footballer who's the one who, uh, I guess when Sean Deitch was the manager of Watford, he played for him. So he came on a podcast actually. So please come on our podcast to confirm this story. Uh, if you're listening to us right now, I know you're not. Um, and said that, yeah, he used to eat worms and gross me out and freak me out. And then the greatest thing ever was that Sean Dyche actually addressed this in a press conference. And Sean Dyche is like, yeah, you know, like you'll be out on the pitch and it'll be rainy and you'll see some worms come out. And, you know, you just put one in your mouth to mess with the guys. And, like, it's like guys being dudes. You know, it's just like this. Is, I don't know. Does this count as guys being dudes? I think so. But I think the real question we have to address right now is Sean Dyche just casually picking up, like, one worm here, tossing it in his mouth. Or is this mother actually collecting worms and eating just bundles of worms just tossing it in like it's a bunch of gummy worms like goosebumps like i feel like that'd be like yeah. a goosebump story sean dyche um, worm eater um i don't i honestly don't know but the craziest thing i took from this press conference is he was smiling and just like acted like that's a normal thing like he was just like yeah you know you just put a worm in your mouth and you just little squirm around you fuck with the guys like like it was like it was like if I was like, you know, you just go out with the guys and, you know, you just like punch them in the arm. You're just messing around. It's like, no, dude, you're putting fucking worms in your mouth. Like, I, that is weird. Um, but, you know, I think what? this is why he needs to go to a bigger club. Uh, yeah, I think he need. And honestly, Burnley like, probably I, accommodates and encourages worm eating. So, you know what? That's Burnley, actually, you know what? I'm saying this right here, right now. Sean Dyche is not alone. I guarantee you, I bet. That every single player on Burnley, starting with Nick Pope, oh. has eaten at least five worms on the training field every single day. Probably encouraged by Sean Dyche. I don't demanded by Sean Dude, Dyche. Dyche. Like you want to defend like a Burnley player, <laughs> you eat worms <laughs> like a Burnley player. <laughs> um, 
I anyway, just, there was a game. There was a game. Okay. So, <laughs> there definitely was a game. Um, I want to talk about uh, Young again. Young had a great move into the box, which I loved. Uh, he megged the player, just like left him there to die, and proceeded to shoot. Like He's been shooting a lot this year, which is nice, uh, because I feel like sometimes you guys have had a couple missed opportunities. So I think it's just nice that like Young's just like, yeah, fuck it, I'm going for it. And he just went right by the keeper, like just curved around. I, yeah. I, I see what he was trying to do. He was definitely trying to like, he didn't get the... He was trying to do the Valencia shot, but on the opposite side, basically. Yeah, he was trying to curve it in. And he just, I think he didn't get his footing right or get the curve enough. It was so. like a foot away. But you know what? The most surprising thing, I think, is our two left backs who have been in the league for so fucking long. You've got um, Valencia on the right. you got Ashley Young on the left. These are old-ass men. And these are two of the more dangerous left backs, attacking left backs in the league right now. And you know what? That That's, that's pretty damn cool, in my opinion. But Pretty dangerous. Pretty pretty dangerous but i think i think this is a typical game for united when they are not at their best this year where mm-hmm. it's a 1-0 win where they could have done better they could have won by two three goals but they did miss some opportunities and they just didn't look like that controlling attacking team throughout but i will say Tony Martial, that boy's a god godsend right now. That boy cannot stop scoring goals, and he's scoring wor- worldlies. Like, um, it's great. That goal. My biggest takeaway from that goal was Lukaku's role in that goal. Yo. I'll get I'll get to Martial's goal, but what I like about Lukaku is he played that perfect number nine role where he was able to hold up the play. Well, that was the biggest takeaway when I was watching that play. I was just like. Oh, oh, and I could see Martial making the run, and he was able, like, he was, like, falling down when he made that pass. I didn't and know if it was on purpose or not, dude. I, I, I'm going to, he's going to say on purpose. I'm saying <laughs> it's on purpose, too. Um, And he was able to, like, body off, because he's a big motherfucker. Like, he's he, a big boy. He could go do WWE after this. Shout out to Stone Cold Steve Austin for taking down Vince McMahon last night. I saw that. Yeah, that was sick. That was I, weird. I was, I was about it. I thought Steve Austin was retired as fuck, and um, I didn't even know Vince McMahon was still in the WWE circuit. So that was news to me. Uh, but you're absolutely right, dude. Like Lukaku, that wasn't why he was brought to United. He wasn't brought with that expectation that he could mm-hmm. link that hold up play so well. He was brought to United because of his performances at Everton. You know that big, strong guy in the box. Gonna, yeah, who's going to score a lot of goals. But we've seen throughout this season and. It's weird. A bunch of critics are actually uh, criticizing. Um, they do that? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> Bastards. <laughs> Fucking assholes. Piece so, shit. <laughs> these these pundits are criticizing Lukaku for not being that Evertonian player that he was. For not just focusing on the goals. Focusing on botting off boys in the box and scoring those headers, those quick, strong goals. Mm. And it's weird. I did not think Lukaku would develop into this player. And Jose Mourinho, I think, has done a pretty good job of developing him into a link-up player because he does it in almost every game. He'll mm-hmm. he'll either go out to the right or to the left and hold up the ball, try and do a trick and uh, put it in the box or find a pass. Um, granted, like 50% of the time, 40% of the time, it doesn't work. But when it does, it really brings another facet to his great game. So it was fucking ridiculous to see this giant-ass dude, fucking like 6'5", he's got to be what a svelte 239 pounds like our oh, president oh yeah he has to be okay. <laughs> uh, nice n- nice one I, I was so, i was totally thrown off by that um uh, but yeah no he's a, he's like a like 
he's he's a hefty boy. He's he's thick. He's a thick T H I C C. He thick. He thick. Um, but Martial. So the ball was delivered from Lukaku to Martial. The only goal of the game. The winning goal. Um, and I gotta say, there's something fucking mesmerizing about a goal that bounces off the bar and then bounces up and down. Can you can you think of something that bounces up and down that you're mesmerized by? I can think of a few, and they they're it's two things. That's on a you know like rabbits. Uh, no. Um. Um, what what bounces up and down? Pogo sticks. That guys love pogo sticks. Guys pogo. love pogo sticks. Guys love pogo. You sick fuck. You're thinking, <laughs> you're thinking about boobs, aren't you? <laughs> pogo sticks. God, you misogynistic <laughs> trash people. Um. Anyway, I love those kind of goals. I think it's the coolest thing, especially off free kicks. Like I've seen Messi oh, do that yes. a few times. When you see a free kick and it bounces off the crossbar up and down, plus the whole team's like. Wait, did it really go in? Did it, like it's so funny because everyone's like, "Wait, did it cross the line?" It's like obviously it crossed right, the line. Right, right. I think it's some of the like those are my favorite type of goals. My favorite is the defender who will still try and play like it didn't go in when it's obviously put in. But the bad part of this game, the negative part of this game, I already talked about. This is what United looks like when we don't play at our A game. We're vulnerable. We only score like one goal, but. We still had that defensive liability. We we were bailed out by the greatest goalkeeper in the world, hashtag Dave saves. And there were many, many balls on the fucking 19th century English poet. There were many balls. Um, there were a lot of balls going Huge across the balls. box. Huge balls going across the box. And our defense was either barely in position to stop the uh, shot or the cross, or it just slipped through everyone. And that... That has been a consistent in United so far this year. There's been a lot of defensive errors leading to decent crosses across the box, and we're just getting lucky. Nobody's tapping them home. Yeah, I definitely think there is a defensive liability, and I think De Gea has bailed you out a lot this year. But I think that goes back to the thing, like, I loved what Josie Mourinho said to Arsenal when they gave us check was that like he's going to guarantee you at least 10 points yep. a season. And if check was guaranteeing you that, I can't imagine how many points David Haya helps out Way Man United much. or any team. You know what I mean? So, um, especially because it was Burnley who aren't really known. I mean, they're doing very well this season, but they're not a goal scoring machine. You know what I mean? But they're known for that cheeky, like one. Exactly. Yeah. Though they're, they're known for that. They'll get the goal that matters. And then and, just defend the right. shit out of you. Right. So, um, I wanted to talk to you about this real quick because obviously the big news of this transfer window is the Alexi and Mkhitaryan swap. Mm-hmm. How does United go forward? How does how do they set up? Because if I'm if I'm Jose Mourinho, I'm going to want to start Alexi, and I'm also going to want to start Martial, and I'm also want, going to want to start Jesse Lingard. We're we're about to have a too many strikers problem. We're about to have too many attackers problem. Too many of the similar player problem. Exactly. And so who do you sit out? Because at this point in time, it doesn't matter how Jesse and Martial performed in the years past. <clears throat> Those two are some of our best performing players at the moment right now. So I can't see kicking them out of the squad to fit in a newcomer. Ooh. Yeah. This is what's been going on in my mind for a good like three weeks at this point. That's tough. It's horrible. Um, I mean, I never think it's too much of a problem to have too many options. Um, see, I can see Mourinho doing kind of what he did in the beginning of the year, like switching out Rashford and Martial and doing the very, the various sub um, variations. Um, I don't know. That's really tough. Like for I me, know. like I, I, you know, it's not my team, so I can't really, I can't really follow how they switch it up 
week by week, you know what I mean? Like Arsenal, I'd probably be able to tell you since, you know, that's my player. Um, was um, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. the despair in your fucking eyes, man? It, it was, it finally, it's finally hitting me. It's yeah, I like, know. I see that. It's like the week after your puppy dies, you're like, oh, oh, oh I'm never seeing oh, him yeah, again. I, he's really not coming back, is he? <laughs> um, so I don't know. I can see Jesse going to like a central role and then throwing Sanchez on the left, but a little, little behind. You know what I mean? But and where then, do you put Martial at that point? Yeah, that's I tough. Know. That's that's really tough. It seems like it's a thing that Mourinho is going to have to figure out for yep. himself. You know, that's and why, it, that's why he's paid the big bucks. Right. Not and me. So yet Kevin, don't, yet. don't, don't, don't give up. Short. Right. <laughs> but I think, I think the big problem that Mourinho is going to face in the coming years is that Martial and Jay Lings, Jesse Lingard, Messi part two, they're young players. Alexi's an old player. He's going to be at the squad for two more years, three more years, four more years. Jesse and Martial can be at the squad for 10 more years. They can develop into club legends. So it's going to be really weird to see how Jose figures that shit out. But I think I think we have to move on to the best game of the weekend, in my opinion. In my personal opinion. Oh, ooh, what's up? You should be happy, too. Big Cat will be happy. Ooh. Swans <gasps> defeating Liverpool. Liverpool. <laughs> Liverpool. Dude, this this game just absolutely blew my mind because we saw last week, and of course the in- internet is blowing up about this. Last week, Liverpool beat Man City. Liverpool was on a run. They're looking great, and against the Swans, who are the last right. place team in the Premier League. Uh, my biggest takeaway: I thought the best comparison I thought of was the Vikings coming off the big emotional win over the Saints. And I think that's what Liverpool's doing. It's like all week, like you beat the best of the best. Cause I thought the Saints were the favorite team in the NFC. This is football talk, you know, a mix of soccer talk. Um, and I think it was such an emotional win and they took, there was so much taken out of them. When you play a game like four, three, that's a lot of running back and forth, defending, attacking. And I think they had this big emotional wave over them. And then they go to Swansea and they kind of like underestimate them. They're the favorites, obviously kind of how the Vikings were the favorite against the Eagles. And they just totally just like underestimated their opponent, and you know what? It cost them. Yeah, but I think I think the big difference in that football analogy, that football metaphor, I still don't really know the difference between those two words. To be perfectly fuck honest. public school. Yeah, yeah. Drop out. Yeah, drop out. That's a that's a big. <laughs> me- <laughs> that's a message from the lads. Yeah, drop out of school. Start, figure it out. Start a podcast. Yeah, which we make no money off of. Woo! Right? Support yourself. Support. But. I think I think the big thing, the big difference between uh, that football analogy and uh, Swans and Liverpool is playing Swansea at the moment is pretty similar to playing the Browns or the Bears, where you go in there and you're just like, ah, okay, yeah, this is gonna just be a breeze. It doesn't matter if you just beat the Patriots, just beat uh, Philly, just beat the Saints. You're going to play the Browns, and oh. that's. That should be a winnable game every single time you can start your goddamn third third string team and still beat them. I think we saw this. We saw this Liverpool team before. We saw this Liverpool performance before where Klopp tried to be more defensive, tried to be more in control of his players. He didn't want to let them free, let them run on their own. And when he does that, when he kind of asks them to be more defensive rather than sprinting forward, running on those counterattacks, playing that beautiful, fast attacking football. Um, these players don't really know how to do that. These players are bred and taught 
and want to score goals. They don't want mm-hmm. to defend. They don't want to be boring tactical football. They want to be attacking and fun soccer. So when I think Jurgen asks them to be more calm, be more collected, it's harder for them to impose all their skills and all the danger that Liverpool obviously can bring to the table. Yeah, I was just thinking when you were talking about the football analogy and, you know, that was pretty shit analogy. I'll admit that. I came up with a better one. They're kind of like the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers do that a lot. They go away from home. That's true. And they'll lose to Jacksonville. They'll lose. They almost lost to the Browns at the end of the season, almost ruining their perfect season of 0-16. Like, <laughs> perfect uh, season of 0-16. Uh, hey, don't take that away from them. You're <laughs> laughing. But, you know, they had a parade, a, a ship parade, because uh, they're the Browns. Um, my big takeaway is there's a lot of blown chances. Like, in the first 30 minutes, you had – Mane, Virgil van Dijk, and Salah all had perfect opportunities. And I think one of my big gripes about Mane is he tries to get too fancy. Like, he had a perfect opportunity to drop the ball and then put it in the back of the net. He kind of went for, like, spectacular. And he did that against Arsenal. Like, he could have that Arsenal-Liverpool game where it was, like, 3-3 at the end. It was, like, it was one of the funnest games we watched mm-hmm. all year. He tried to go for that scissor kick. And yeah. it was unnecessary. He, they could have been up 4-0 at that point or uh, they would have been up 3-0 at that point and I think sometimes these players try to go for the fantastic like they did against Man City um and like you tweeted out the like honestly like we both run the at lads twitter account (laughs) just Um, keep guessing guys um so if you ever want to talk to us you come on twitter instagram or facebook you can come talk to us or on our website www.ladspodcast.com we post blogs and shit and our uh what's it called we have videos now and stuff um, you tweeted out like they got scored on from a corner and Liverpool is so notorious. You pretty much said, what was it? Like a blind, it's like, it's cake, like, cake. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Go for it. So I, I can't remember the exact tweet, but I mean, basically it's something along the lines of this poetry that's about to come out of my mouth. Walt Whit. Walt Whit. The theme tonight. Walt, right. Walt Whitman. We're poets. Um, I said scoring on, uh, a uh, set piece or a corner on Liverpool is as easy as taking candy from a deaf, blind, sleeping baby, and the candy's in the other room. Well, I think that was spot on. I, I seriously do, and I don't fucking understand it. They just brought in Virgil van Dijk for 75 million pounds, and what does he do? He has, in a five-minute <laughs> span, in a five-minute span, he kicks the ball to two corners in a row when he could have easily cleared it up the field, and then he... He did get this beautiful assist. He he did really, really set this guy up for a great Lawson. goal. Yeah, the only problem is it wasn't his team. Virgil van Dijk, the defensive savior that Liverpool needs, is the Benedict Arnold of that Liverpool defense. I am eating my fucking words because all I've been preaching... Like, I know, I love it! I know, fuck me. I know. <laughs> this has been the best week for Martin. He I gets, know, it's great. <laughs> like... It's literally like I'm about to jump off a fucking cliff. I lose Sanchez. <laughs> I've been talking all this shit saying, you know, Virgil van Dijk's great for them in the box. He's nah. going to help them with corners. What does Virgil van Dijk do? Make me eat my fucking words. Thank you, and Virgil. Thanks, Virgil. Virgin. Oh, Virgin. Oh, yes. Coincidence? <laughs> Coincidence? Oh. Illuminati. Oh, Illuminati. Virgil van Dijk's a virgin. Um, Heard it here first. That's that's a first take. Um, Have you seen his hair? I'd put money on that. Yep. Who'd sleep with him? I don't know. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah. No. So I think. I think. All right. Nobody would. I think, I think we're a good representation. <laughs> yeah. I think so. Of the population. <laughs> right. So, um. Anyway, uh, great for Swansea. Like I love Swansea. I went to university. 
I love Liberty Stadium. I actually didn't go to a Swansea game while I was there, which, you know, I'm a piece of shit. I don't know how you didn't. Uh, the tickets are, like, really hard. Like, yeah. there's a lot of people don't talk about, like, Premier League games are stupid expensive unless you, like, have season tickets and stuff like that. I, and, uh, like, I only went to the rugby game between Swansea and Cardiff, which was sick. I blacked out. So There out, you fucking go. Shout out to 21-year-old me. I think I was 20. What's age? Anyway, um, so, you know, great win for the Swans. There was uh great chances on both sides i think the the epitome of the game was the 94th minute when i know wide open i loved it i know wide open cross to firmino in the box heads it hits right off the crossbar or the uh, the sidebar sidebar post post post, off the post um sidebar jesus sidebar who 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 are we do we work at a law firm kick me off please please we're going to the sidebar (laughs) um um and and then salah was right there it ended up being the corner but it was the end of the game and you know i think that's great for swansea they needed it um they did it for bob bradley which men and blazers can't keep letting go it's kind of funny like swansea's like the america team like big cat and it's like swansea's huge i think based off bob bradley and the men and blazers which makes me happy because when i was there like no one gave a shit about, I still don't give a shit. I'll, I'll yeah, comfort like you. Like Americans, Kev. yeah, I know. I'll, I'll comfort um, you. I, I don't give a shit about Swansea. I guess because they have American ownership. There's like an attachment there. Um, what happened to uh, what's his name? Renato Sanchez. Like he apparently he's like he's coming into kind of a bust. And I don't like to call players bust or anything, but he's kind of like Bayern may have won out on that deal. I thought Bayern was losing out. They're like I thought Swansea was like killing it with that deal for Renato Sanchez after watching him in the Euros with uh, Ronaldo when they won for portugal but like now like what what happened to him yeah it's it's weird um and even this new coach that swansea got who's done phenomenal for them in the three games that he's managed i think he's one two drawn one um correct me if i'm wrong i don't have my phone in front of me tell me i'm a stupid idiot check our facts we've always said nothing but true facts unless you check them then then they become untrue then, so it's on then, you then then we're wrong um <laughs> but he he who can get swansea back into a actually decent team isn't even using Renato Sanchez. And after the Euro performance, everyone thought he was next big thing. Next Freddie Adu. Next Freddy, Mo- Martin Odegaard. Hey, hey Freddie Adu's back. He's back. You you, I, you were the one. You were the first one who retweeted someone who I said know. that Freddie Adu was back. And, I met him uh, when he was 14 years old and I was 14 years old. He's a dick. Oh, uh, well. He didn't uh, give me an autograph. Well, <laughs> a 14-year-old didn't give you an autograph? I was 14 too. What a piece of shit he's that, an asshole that's your peer yeah he was on dc united i saw him when i was still playing soccer r.i.p my career until um, i turned 25 and i turned into harry kane oh um, that's that's a dream um but yeah that's pretty much uh liverpool screwed the pooch on that one you know it was such a funny tweet it was like you know we got all this there was this tweet was like we got all this momentum <laughs> you know this will help us solidify ourselves in the top four we are salah's firing all cylinders my prediction one nil Swansea, and I, I was like, "Wow!" And it was like the day before the match, and I was like, "Wow!" True Liverpool fan sounds like a true Arsenal fan. But let's move on to the other Manchester club we haven't talked about: uh, Manchester City uh, versus Newcastle, three-one uh, victory. Um, I want to talk about the first goal real quick because fuck Aguero, that should have been KDB's goal. That there must have been a follicle on his head that must have touched that ball because KDB crossed. Obviously, KDB wasn't trying to shoot this; it was just an a phenomenal cross, which KD, Kevin De Bruyne, I'll say his full name. If you haven't been, just, it's way it's too KDB. much. It's KDB. It's like, I'm losing my breath saying his full name. Um, 
crossed this amazing cross in the box. I think him, Ozil, and only a couple other players can put some like spectacular crosses into the box. And I don't even think Aguero touched it. You know, I I need VAR to confirm who put this ball in. But Aguero with the first goal, um, it was going in anyway from KDB. Um, and then let's move on to the second goal. Manchester City dominated. I think they needed a bounce back game after Liverpool. Um, so the second goal, Raheem Sterling's penalty. I think it was a penalty. Oh, come on. It's no, no, no. Raz, I, I think it was a 50-50 call. I would have given it to him. I think the player was the, uh, the Newcastle, the tune was all over Raheem Sterling. So I think if that's anywhere else on the pitch, that is a foul. But I wouldn't say that's a penalty. You know what I'm saying? So in the letter of the law, that is a penalty. But it's just so tough. And if I think the ref understands with all the VAR nonsense going on, not giving us base on the whole Chelsea debacle in the FA Cup last week, I think it was the right call. I think you could have gone either way, though. Yeah, I think because it's Raz, they're going to give it a call. Um, he, you know, he is a little heavier in the box, is right? Yeah, Raz is a little bit affected by gravity whenever he comes near a player in the box. And I think, I think I'm actually going to deem him the most diving player in the Premier League right just now. Just based off this, or just a- <laughs> no, his entire career back yeah. in Liverpool. Raz, Raz has done this, but you know, I, I don't want to focus on Raz, and I want to focus on Aguero because he scored in his uh, career against Newcastle. He scored 14 goals That's against lot. them. He scored five of those goals last season or two seasons ago when they were still in the Prem. Oh yeah. Um, in one game, in one game, he scored five. So, Newcastle, I have a new tactic for you whenever you come against uh, Manchester City. Just just murder. Just murder. That's all you got, man. Uh, fuck his wife. I don't, I don't know. Um, I think the best thing you can do is is just murder him, like I you said. So. Because Aguero just makes Newcastle his bitch. Um, yeah, and then he, Aguero, straight from the penalty spot, he does a little slight hesitation, just... Can't be missed. Nah. Puts it right in the back of the net. Um, and then the third goal, I got to say, for the third goal. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm skipping over uh, Jacob Murphy, who <laughs> told – that was a the guy on Newcastle, Jacob Murphy. I don't actually don't know anyone's name on Newcastle. I'm not going to lie. Oh, come on. You got an American on it. Who? And you got DeAndre Yedlin. Yedlin is – oh, yeah, Yedlin is on there because he was on Tottenham and then he did his spurt somewhere else. And then, you know, I'm bad with some of the lower-level teams. Okay, I can't name a single player on, like, Brighton besides that Grobe player who's apparently doing phenomenal. Moy? Moy? Is that the Grobe player? Oh, that's a bald guy. Yeah. Great. Oh, yeah, I fuck with that guy. <laughs> the baldy, yeah. I'm ba- I try, dude. There's just so much. And, like, we try and just focus on who we know in America will follow the top six. You know what I mean? We try and focus on people, what games they're going to be watching. But I fuck um, with the dirty half of the Premier League. Yeah. The 10th through 20th space, where at the moment right now in the Prem, it's separated by six points. So just to put that in perspective for everybody who doesn't understand what happens at the end of the Premier League, the bottom three teams get relegated. They get out of the league. They go to a bottom uh, league. And right now from 10th place to last place, it is separated by six points. So anything can happen. It's um bats out of hell. Like anything like I that's honestly the best storyline in the Premier League right now. I know. Even though Manchester City dropped points and it's now twelve point gap between them and United, it's still gonna be City. So I think the best thing to watch right now is kind of the relegation battle because honestly, like I could see Swansea just somehow 
it's kind of like Sunderland. Like they were bottom the entire year. And then the last two games of the year, they just figure it out. You know what I mean? Right. So it's, it's crazy. I do love the relegation battle. I also love following the championship right now. I haven't watched any games. Yeah. I just like following the table being yeah. like, Oh, Darby's doing pretty good. Oh, Cardiff. We're going to have two Welsh teams in the league, or maybe Swansea gets relegated. We get another Welsh team in the league. So I get really excited about that. Um, but moving back to Newcastle and that goal to make it two one, Jacob Murphy, giving a sublime goal by a player. I don't know his name. Uh, totally chips over. Uh, oh. Was it? It wasn't. It was Caballero. No, it was no, Ederson. No, no, no. 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 Caballero was, was the one for Chelsea. Chelsea. Um, chipped over Ederson. Um, it was a brilliant one-on-one goal. Uh, like one v one goal against the keeper. That was great. And at that point, I was getting a little worried for I'm, City. Were, were you or no? I wasn't because it's Manchester City. But I think if that penalty was not given and they tied it up one-one at that point, it would have been a completely different game because. I think even though City won that 3-1 final score, I don't think City played at their best. They had flashes of their brilliance, absolutely. But I think Newcastle was absolutely able to hang on to it for a good 30 minutes before Aguero got that goal. So I think that 1-1 draw, if Mm -hmm. they were able to get that, especially with such a cheeky goal, maybe kind of sort of could have rattled Manchester City and could have let them squander some points. But because they had that cushion and because it's Newcastle and Aguero, Money's always going to be on City. Yeah, I'm definitely going to. Sorry, we guys are sports betting. Anyway, I made 120 bucks in two days. Did you blow it all on booze? Yeah. Yep. It actually went directly to my tab. Yep. I love it. Um, <laughs> so let's go into the final goal, which made it 3 1. Uh, uh, Sane, who is brilliant in the box he cuts up defenders when he's in the oh. box he is just he's either scoring or laying it off perfectly he made one player like just fall for like into an abyss like Leroy Sané is nice and this kid is young so like the German squad like even if they don't win the World Cup this year I'm still gonna put the money like I'm picking Brazil this year just because I picked Germany last year just because you know just be a dickhead but like I have like the German youth right now should just be like so grateful they have like the Leroy Sanes of the world because that or like uh what's the kid Kimmich like yeah. they have so much great youth right now Leroy Sane cuts into the box beats three defenders surrounding him lays off a perfect ball to the t- to Sergio Aguero sorry I'm stuttering simple Jack um <laughs> he's back he's back um and just in his 200th Premier League uh appearance Sergio Aguero finishes his hat trick. Uh, traps the ball, makes it 3-1, places it perfectly, end match, Man City, 12 points ahead in the table, still think there's nobody even coming close to them winning the league. I know, it sucks, it really does suck, because I mean, basically City has a bunch of leeway to mess up at this point, but let's move on to Tottenham and Southampton, an interesting game, a game that I did not see ending the way it did, it ended up um, with Southampton actually taking the lead, lead first. Um, before Harry Kane got back up there, I still think he is the best striker in the world at this point. He was able to equalize, but I think the big storyline, at least in my opinion, at this point, is Hugo Lloris. Hugo Lloris has kind of had a shaky couple months at this point, mm-hmm. and at the beginning of the season, I thought Hugo Lloris was one of the best keepers, not only in the Prem but in the world. Like top five, top three, I Absolutely. would say, yeah. But after these past couple months, Tottenham has been giving up kind of stupid easy goals 
And yeah, well, I don't blame him for the goal, honestly, because uh, Davis and Sanchez, which you know, we're it's all about the San- the dirty Sanchez talk this pod. Um, just was try like that was just that just it happens, you know. what I mean, I yeah. feel bad for him because he was obviously trying to clear it out for a corner, and I saw his intention to kick it out, and it just goes off the wrong side of his foot into the back of the net. I think Hugo is assuming it's going out for a corner, mm-hmm. and I. I think it's one of those like rando balls where you're like, shit, like that. It's just like a one-off, you know yeah. what I mean? So I feel bad for him. Cause obviously like, uh, it's not like the great center back pairing that it usually should be. Um, but yeah, I mean, Harry Kane definitely got the ball back in like one, one, but there's just tons of missed opportunities. Yep. Lamella, which is like, Oh, I forgot it's about him. That he's I forgot back. about him. I'm like, Oh, he's been back for like two months now, a month, a month and really? a half. Yeah. Oh. And every time I see him, I'm like, Oh, oh, sh- oh shit. He's Eric, like, he's back. I remember in like FIFA 2015 or I fucked with him. I know on Argentina national yeah. team. Cause like right after the world cup, I was like, Oh, Lamella, he's quick, like quick little winger. I loved using him in FIFA. Um, and I don't know. I think it goes back to the whole Tottenham mentality. I think they need a new player. I'm yeah. finally getting off my groove of saying, stick with your squad potch, stick with your homies. I think I'm off it. I think they need someone else. I don't know who that is. I think they just need to get back to how they were last year. And I know that's hard because they've had some string of injuries. Deli Ali's kind of fallen off a bit mm-hmm. this year. And, you know, that happens to players. You know what I mean? Like Eden Hazard fell off being PFA player of the year. Mares and re- I'm just talking about in recent time. Mm-hmm. Mares fell off after he won PFA player of the year, which I still think probably should have gone to Vardy, but whatever. I agree with that. Yeah, no, Vardy party. Um, Always the Vardy party. It's just, there was just tons of chances to be made and, Harry Kane in the last minute, like had that one chance and just puts it wide. And I just, you know, I think there's a lot of change coming to Tottenham very soon. And I don't think Tottenham fans really know how much of the squad's going to be depleted and sent off the bigger clubs probably. And I think it's just sad because I think they kind of like the LA Clippers missed their window. They grew, grew so much, but they didn't grow enough in the time that they Mm -hmm. had with their superstars. And they're about to, for the third time in three years, go to a new stadium. And that's going to throw off all their feng shui. Um, All you interior design people, feng shui. I'm not really entirely sure what that really means, but my mom used to say it all the time in terms of like organization and uh, oh yeah that's totally like a parents like term where they're just trying to like make up like some like i saw this in like a movie once and it's like <laughs> they actually have no idea like what that term actually means that's uh, yeah definitely true um but yeah well guys wait 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 we have our transfer talk with anthony chopa so we're gonna play that right now but stay tuned afterwards we're gonna answer some really quick questions from some other cool podcasts actually some soccer podcasts and some some of the fans some of the some of the friends so here is our interview with anthony Chopa. Beep. we are now joined by our uh, recurring guest anthony Chopa. uh he has his own podcast called hood rat or suburban hood rat hood rats fuck me um but his twitter is at who uh, hood rat tings i can't talk anyway anthony we're we brought you on we have you on here because we want to do some uh transfer talks um there's already been some big transfers over january we have Coutinho, sanchez so how you doing i'm doing good you know uh it's always rough seeing more good players go to barcelona but i'm surviving all right well um so let's start this off so how do, how do you want to start this off who's who's uh your big ticket you want to talk about first well, the big ticket. Well, first of all, I want to give a huge shout out to Lasana Diara. He was an old Real Madrid guy back in like 
2009, 2010. Uh, he's been jumping around his whole career. He's on his 11th team now, just signed for PSG. Old as hell, just doing his thing. He's uh, the, the little black guy playing center defensive mid. He's kind of like Conte before Conte was there. He's a savage. But besides that, I want to go with the Alexius Mkhitaryan swap. All right, all right. This is this is going to be a weird question for you, Anthony, because I want to get right on this because I think I'm the only Manchester United fan at this point in time that absolutely hates this deal. What are your thoughts? Who came out the winner here? Well, I like this situation because I have an Arsenal mind and I have a Man U mind right now. Mm-hmm. So coming out, I want to say that Man U kind of made out on this deal. Although yeah. I think Mkhitaryan and Ozil are going to combine very nicely if Ozil ends up staying. But Alexis, that just gives you another option going forward. So if Lukaku's cold and Rashford's cold, Lingard, you know, is going to get cold because he just scores out of nowhere. He's kind of a BS goal scorer for me. So you throw Alexis into that lineup and have a really strong rotation of offenders, even though I think they should go Juventus style and probably start aiming for some defenders. Yeah, right. I don't know how you're going to throw shade at Messi Lingard when we're talking about Alexi right now. But Messi... I'm just not a huge <laughs> I know. I know. I keep arguing with you about it too. But I think this Alexi trade, I think it's bad for United for one reason. I think that Alexi is a fantastic player. You will never hear another argument from me about that. I think he's a great player. I think he's world class. But I also think he is everything bad about the football world today. I think he's focused on the money. Uh, and to his own point, he could have gone to City and won a fucking title right there, right then. But he chose $500,000 a week, which is almost double the wages anybody else gets in the Premier League. Well, I mean, uh, it's like the top three are him, Pogba, and mm-hmm. Lukaku. I think Pogba and Lukaku make about $300,000 a week. So, I mean, he's right up there. Um, I, I, well, I, I mean, you got to look at their resumes also, like compare those three resumes. That's true. If I'm him, I'm going to argue for more money than them. It's like, these young guys are getting more than me. Like, uh, how much Champions League exposure do they have? Yada, yada. Like, so you got to look at that also. Yeah, my big thing is I feel like Sanchez has gotten a lot of heat recently. And I think a lot of it has to do with his uh, Thierry Henry comments. Essentially saying, like, Henry's spoken with him and said, like, you know, Henry left for the same reasons, for the same reasons. And now there's a little feud. Henri just came out and said, uh, and posted a picture with the, uh, you saw that, with the Arsenal crest, essentially saying, like, I never had this conversation with Sanchez. I don't know what this guy is smoking. And just because Arsenal fans are coming out, like, yo, what the fuck? <laughs> like, yo. You're my boy, Henri. You're Henri. my boy. Um, so Henri's coming out saying, like, that's not true at all. I don't know what this guy is saying. Also, um... Piano, piano, uh, intro. That is the lamest shit I've nah, ever seen. Dude, I fuck with it. Yeah, that was. I don't know. I, I fuck mean, with it. Eric Cantona esque, I guess. You're taking the number seven jersey. Yeah, but I mean, you got to look at who our last number seven was. Memphis. I ain't ecstatic about him getting that number seven. Well, yeah, I mean, it was definitely a little bit of an upgrade. I do love Memphis Depay. He's on my uh, French league team that you got to watch. Lyon. Mm. They just upset PSG also. That so, ro- that uh, rocket of a goal in yeah. uh, stoppage time that was disgusting. Um, so yeah, let's. Uh, so going back to Sanchez, I think that I can't be mad at a player. Uh, I'm not. I'm for player mobility. He's looking for more titles. He was able to get more money. He could have waited till the summer. Arsenal probably would have paid, but I think Arsenal wasn't spending the money that they were supposed to to support him. Not for that, Alexi Sanchez, when he first came, he like fit in well, like. 
he knew his role, and like now I felt like the past six months he's just been kind of like trying to show off. Like you know that kid at the tryout who's dribbling a little bit too much, trying to score like the extra goals, get the coaches to notice him. Like I feel like he was really just auditioning rather than trying to fit in for what the team needed best. Dude, you honestly can read our minds. Kevin and I have had that same conversation for a couple months where we're just saying, homie is on the ball way too long. It looks like it's an audition rather than a team effort out there when he's playing. So that's that's another reason I'm nervous about him coming to Manchester United. But like I said, like you said, he's a world-class player. He'll be a, a, I think he'll be a good addition to the squad if the chemistry fits well. But I wanted to touch on this because this is kind of a little result of the sanchez Mickey Torn swap. Giroud going to Aubameyang possibly for the return of a... I'm sorry. Giroud is going to fucking Dortmund possibly and Arsenal is getting Aubameyang. Is that a good trade right there? Plus money, obviously. Um, That's definitely a good trade, but at the same time, Arsenal needs defenders. So, I know why they're getting more strikers. I mean... You've told uh, Wagner the past like four years, yeah, you got to buy a striker. So he finally buys one, and then he's like, um, "Guys, I did it. What do I do now?" So he's just buying more strikers, I guess. <laughs> like, like for me, like as an Arsenal fan, we've always had a striker problem, and now we have too many strikers. Like, I'm really confused. My biggest takeaway is that not only do we have to fix out the back, but we've never replaced Patrick Vieira. We've never had no. a central defensive midfield. Like, we have all these fancy motherfuckers in the midfield. We got like Jack, we got Ozil, but who's holding that? Like, Coughlin wasn't that guy. Uh, Jaka, I don't think is that guy. He's more of like those long balls. You know what I mean? So I, I think we need a set like a Nagoli Kante. Uh, and uh, Matic and Andy Herrera, um, even Eric Dyer, I guess. I don't know. You need like that, um, like central defensive midfielder to like hold it up. You know what I mean? You know who I've always wanted, who I think it would just be incredible at center defensive mid, and I want him to come into Madrid or like anywhere else is David Alba. I think like when he steps in that role for for who is it, Poland or Austria? It's Austria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. When he steps into that role, like more into the midfield, he just looks so dangerous because, like, he's got a shot on him. He's smart on the ball, and he's like a big dude. Yeah, and he can also play that role on uh, uh, Bayern Munich too. I mean, and he can shoot rippers, some fucking rockets from anywhere. And he's he's got that solid defensive uh, mindset as well as that outlook. But I mean, unfortunately for Arsenal fans everywhere, I don't think David <laughs> Alaba is gonna leave Bruce or Bayern Munich to go to. Arsenal. I did see that Weigel, Julian Weigel, Borussia Dortmund youngster, might be going to Arsenal or Manchester United. He's supposedly taking the place of Carrick on our team, so maybe he could be built into a fucking Patrick Vieira-esque Julian Weigel. Ooh. ooh. Um, so let's move on to some more. I think a Bobby Yang would be nice, but again, I think there's there's more things well, to be know, patched up. Wagner's been trying to do that whole setup he's had since the Invincibles. He's always just been like, all right, I just need someone who can mirror this guy or this guy. That's why you always see him buying the French players. He's like, oh, well, the next Terry Henry? Okay. That worked for me before kind of deal. I feel like he's like trying to force players in that system that used to work. Yeah, but he won't buy those players. He won't buy Mbappe. Oh, he no, won't buy Lamar. Yeah, so let's move on to a couple more transfer rumors. We have uh, Chicharito might be leaving. That's a big one. Um, where's what? Where's he might be heading out of West Ham? Honestly, Chicharito, like a good fit for him. I can't really think of one unless he would like want to go to a lower level league, like go back home to Mexico or if he went to the MLS for the money. But there's not really a team that needs him because before he was known as just a poacher who will go get you a goal. But after his time with West Ham, it's just kind of like he lost it. 
Yeah, I don't know if that's fault of Chicharito or fault of David Moyes and uh, all of West Ham's ridiculousness. I heard rumors that he might be returned to the Bundesliga. I think that'd be cool. I think that'd be a decent step for Chicharito at this time in his career. I heard that, and I heard Mosquitas, which would Ooh. also be cool because they're picking up some serious players, and they got my man Charisma. Ooh, <laughs> Ricardo. Yeah. Um. Those are some pretty big rumors. I heard some rumors, you know, little little Real Madrid talk. Uh, uh, yeah. Eden Eden Hazard coming in. Uh, I know you're not the biggest fan, but I watched that four nil victory and that solo goal solo goal by him over the weekend was disgusting. And it reminds, bro, uh, he sent the keeper and two defenders shooting the other way and calmly dude, slotted the it defenders in. Defenders just pretty much he like parted the sea. They just got out of his way for the free shot. I know they were the tracking other players. Yeah, I mean, don't make fun of my Brighton. Don't don't talk not about the seagulls. Not not the... that was also that was kind of a very lopsided four nothing game if I've ever seen one. They had so many posts, had so many chances, and just nothing was dropping. Yeah. Um. So, what do you think about that? What is going on with Real Madrid? I heard Mohamed Salah. I've heard rumors about him coming in the summer. Um. It seems like you guys are getting a little bit more of steam lately. Uh. I think Gareth Bale, the BBC combo, is working pretty well, but. I, I think, uh, and then what's up with this whole Ronaldo, the poll that came out in Real Madrid, where 65, 65% of the people want him gone? Are those just Atletico Madrid fans being little, little dickheads? Or what's what's going on there, Anthony? All right, so for Ronaldo, um, he's been pissing me off, to be honest, as a Madrid fan. And Messi has his new wages. You know Ronaldo's ego. He goes, well, I want Messi wages. And right away, I'm just kind of like, um, you want Messi wages? He is three times the amount of goals you have right now, bro. So you're not getting messy wages. You're, what, two years older than him, too? Like, well, you did. You are the Ballon d'Or winner. We respect that. I respect the hell out of Ronaldo. He's won me a lot of trophies over the past, what, 10 years now, pretty much. But at 32, you aren't LeBron James. I'm sorry. Yeah, fuck LeBron James. Other options for the future. All right, so the BBC, do you see it sticking together in the next year, two years, or is it going to slowly start to go away? There's rumors that Benzema is going to PSG. Ronnie, I mean, Ronnie's a fucking uh, reality star at this point. He might be going back to fucking United or PSG or MOS. And Bale, I don't even know what Bale's story is at this point. He might be hurt at this moment. He might just be playing for the Wales... Uh, that's it <laughs> that's it for the welsh national team for uh for ryan giggs uh shout out to ryan giggs i yeah. fuck with that um oh yeah. that's true that's true i wonder how many wives he's gonna be checking out um at the welsh national at least team. five or six five or six i would i would get i would get i would guess he's he would, that kind of guy he would dig again <laughs> um anyway um yeah the bbc for me though hasn't really existed for the past year since bale hasn't been playing yeah. yeah, it seems like they've just lucky that Isco came in the form. Yeah, it seems like um, you guys are finally like finding some rhythm, uh, some chemistry going on, and you know it might be kind of like you guys are just giving up on La Liga because you you won it last year. Like okay, but the big focus is Champions League, and it seems like you guys really locked down your shit when it comes down to the Champions League. So I don't count you guys out at all, especially because you're going up what PSG, correct? Yeah. Yeah, see, we're pretty much the New England Patriots of the Champions League. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. We will lie, cheat, beg, and steal to make sure we get to the final. Yeah, you know, you get you get a pretty easy run of games before you get to the final. Yeah, no, emphasis on cheat. Yeah. Um, no, I have nothing against uh, Los Blancos. Uh, besides, you know, just winning every year and Arsenal getting knocked out of the round of sixteen by Bayern Munich. But 
That had nothing to do with anything. I'm just really sad You're about just Arsenal. Bringing it back, it's about to be that time of year again. Kev. Yeah, no, it's every day of the year for every February. It comes back. <laughs> Bayern, no, Bayern, no. Um, so who? What else is going on in the transfer market? I feel like all the big stuff's kind of over with now. Do you think there's going to be any more big shakeups in the transfer market? Market over <laughs> market <laughs> over over January. I think that there will be like a couple last minute things. You know, Chelsea like they said they don't want us any hazard said, Oh, why do we need a big striker? They've been they literally are going for big strikers. They're looking at Crouch, Jekko, Andy Carroll, so pretty much if you're over six three, they're looking at you. I like that they're looking at shit big strikers. They're not looking at world class big strikers. I think Jekko's definitely like He's most- good. He's the best out of the three, for sure. Yeah. But he's not world class. Well, he's better when he's drunk, Andy Carroll? Oh, oh, we didn't take the drunkenness into account. Shit. Um, <laughs> so I, I just think it's hilarious that Peter Crouch is being rumored to fucking Chelsea. I think that's the greatest transfer story. I hope I it just, happens. I, I am dying. I, I just like this. Like, oh, Andy Carroll can't do it, so we're going for Peter Crouch. Like, <laughs> like that's the logical follow up. I mean, even going starting off with Andy Carroll, I was like, this is a fucking joke. Yeah, I thought they were kidding. I thought people were just saying that just because they were going after other people. But then I saw it on Bleacher Report. Bleacher Report, source of all of our news. But exactly, it doesn't fucking make sense. They have Murata, who's lethal from headers. Headers, what am I fucking doing? We can't talk tonight. But it just seems like that's all he can score from, though. Like he can't. Like if if it's one on one with the keeper, people are finally seeing the overrated like Murata. He's had some great goals at Juventus. He had great goals for us. He always showed up in Champions League for Juventus, but he's never been consistent. That striker who can just go out and get you a goal. He's not like a poacher. He's decent with his feet, but like as you've seen, he's blown a lot of breakaways, one on ones with a goalie. He just doesn't look that confident. Like when he's going forward, you just don't say, "Oh, well, this is a bucket," or like that guy's gonna get injured when you see Diego Costa going, someone, someone like that. Like he doesn't have that. Yeah, it seems like only if uh, Azubuqueta is giving him the ball, it's the only way he's gonna score. It's that Spanish connection. Um, Always a Spanish connection. Hell yeah, um, but yeah, I I'm I'm thinking this is my opinion. I think the transfer market there's going to be some more. That we're going to see like Antoine Griezmann's going to Barcelona. We're going to see some pretty crazy oh, I one. I, I know you'd you'd cry. Um, <laughs> I I don't see anything more being shooken up. I don't I don't see there being any more crazy. Maybe like a really expensive defenseman. But I mean, if Virgil Van Dyke's going for seventy five million, if I see one go for fifty, I'm just becoming numb to the transfer market. For seventy to city. Jesus Christ, the world has lost its mind. You know what I want to see? Be good. I know he is. I know we were looking at United was looking at him three years ago. But you know what I want to see? I want to see more deals like Arsenal and Manchester United, rather than spending seventy-five fucking million dollars on a defender or ninety million dollars on an Evertonian forward who I fucking love. Don't get me wrong, but that's a ridiculous price. I want to see more NBA type deals. You trade players between yourselves. I think that kicks some shit around. I think that makes things very interesting. Yeah, even some used players or something. Right. My my big takeaway from that though is you're giving it to a rival mid season. So I like for Arsenal, this is my big gripe with the whole trade. I'm not mad at Alexi Sanchez. I think he's totally in his full well being to make any choice he wants. He's a human like he's a man. I'm just, you know, I had to unfollow Adam and Humber his, do- his, yeah. his dogs today. I had to unfollow the United yeah, jerseys. Yeah, I saw his dogs in a United jersey. I was like, Yeah, I can't I get off my fucking feet. Um <laughs> 
But my biggest gripe is is Arsene Wenger, who says he's not going to trade these players. We can go back to Ashley Cole, Cashley Cole, um, Alexi Sanchez now, Robbie Van Persie, Nasri, Clichy. I can. I'm losing my breath naming all these players. Henri is the biggest example where he'll go out and sell to a rival mid-season like Robbie Van Persie. That's my gripe, and I think that comes down to the manager. It comes down to management. And I understand what you're saying, Martin, and I like that. I like the inner club changes. I don't like it when it's midseason. No, and I don't, and I don't no. like it when you've already you have a history of this with this same club who went on to win a title with that player who came so close to winning it for you and coming in second place behind Chelsea. So my that is that is my biggest thing. But you know, I have no gripe of Alexis Sanchez. I'm currently wearing my Alexis Sanchez jersey in honor, in memorial, in 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 somber moments for the beautiful Chilean who brought me so much joy at Arsenal. Okay, so I have a thing that is Arsenal related that can somehow relate to both of you. It's a man you Arsenal type question. Alright. So I'm glad I have both of you here. What is Ozil doing? I heard he's got interest from Manu, got interest from Liverpool. Probably got interest from Bayern since he's German and can kick a soccer ball. <laughs> um, so what do you think he's going to do? Um, I, as, you know, as a slightly optimist with Ozil, I think Ozil uh, will stay at Arsenal. I think because I think he I think Arsene Wenger knows he has to put out some big money for a player and if he comes out and gives him the whole like recruitment speech saying like hey like we're gonna spend big in the summer you're our biggest star you're now with Sanchez gone you're the face of Arsenal you're gonna have and if you lead us to a title and stay here you I'm not saying Arsenal's gonna win a title but this is his field <laughs> this is what he's gonna sell him on you see what I'm saying and I think he will stay and he will sign in the summer and from a United standpoint, I don't think he's going to come to Manchester United. I don't think we need him on um, the team right now. However... You don't think he's a better version of Mata or Herrera? Yeah, but we don't regularly play either of them. If I had my perfect midfield starters, I would play Pogba, Matic, and you're going to hate me for this, but at the moment, I'd play Jay Ling's, Messi Lingard, wow. Jesse Lingard at that CAM position. But... I think I think I'm gonna agree with Kevin on this point here because I think Ozil is gonna stay. If there's any club that he's leaving to go to at this point, I think it's gonna to go to Liverpool. But the only reason I can see him going to Liverpool is he's been at uh, Arsenal for how long now? Uh, it would be four years. Four years. So he's heard this spiel for four years. I'm gonna spend big. You guys are my sto- stars. Mm-hmm. We're gonna win a title. We're gonna boost our defense, offense. I mean, four years. You can only trick a dummy so long. Yeah, that's true. You can only teach a person to skin a cat so many different ways. I was trying to think of fucking. I know. I couldn't, I couldn't think of any analogies. Um, you, you can only be simple Jack for so long. Simple Jack. Simple Jack. Um, but all right, Anthony, this has been a lot of fun. Do you have any last minute like little transfers? Um, yeah, I have one more question for you guys. Oh, what's so, up? You have a limitless amount of money. Everyone is accepted wherever you want to go, wherever they want to go. What are three transfers that's going to change your team and make them into a Champions League contender? Um, okay, this is this is off the bat. I'm going to say we need defenders. So I would say we would need like a Benucci. We need like a center back. Uh, okay. We would need like a center of defensive midfielder. So I would say like an Arturo Vidal would be perfect for Arsenal. And then probably, uh, I know we just got Mkhitaryan, but probably a right wing. Would be really nice, and I know Lucas at PSG yeah. 
would be a nice fit. I mean, he's not like a world class rate winger, but dude, he's, he's a nice. He's twenty five, dude. He's he's a he's a young player. He's also been linked to Man United, so I think if you added those three elements. Maybe I would switch out Lucas for another world-class center back. You know what I mean? Like a, uh, I don't know, like a, like a, what's his name? Uh, Tom, uh, on, on Bayern Munich, the, uh, the one center back who went, who went from Dortmund. What's his name? Matt Hummels. Hummels. Yeah. yeah fuck <laughs> me. I literally just had a brain fart. Um, yeah, that would be cool, but that's me. So Martin, go ahead. All right. So. I'm actually going to give you a little compliment here, Anthony. I'm going to bring in Sergio Ramos first and foremost. Hey, okay. My boy knows how to defend. He knows how to fight. He knows how to lead. Um, secondly, I'm going to, I'm actually going to say this and I'm probably going to piss off a lot of United fans right here. But if I'm trying to win the Champions League and I want a player that I know is going to get me there and is going to score goals all the time, I want Harry Kane on my team. I want Harry Kane up top on my team. And finally, I take Antoine Griezmann, man. Hmm. Right wing, or what are you doing with them? Two, two striker system? Mm, I'd put him on a right wing. I'd play uh, 4 4 2 and okay. just push up the wingers very high. All right. All right. What about you, Shopa? What would I do? Okay, so here's what's going to happen. Over the next 18 months, here's what's going to happen Ronaldo out, Neymar in. Benzema's going to accept that he's the, now Robin to Batman, which is Harry Kane. And then we get Killian and Batman also because he wants to follow Neymar. Ooh, I can that, see it. That is a dangerous front three. I like that a lot. I would not fuck with that front three, and I love it. Also, I want to give it 18 months. That all could happen this summer transfer window. They could get no, all those we're, motherfuckers. We're waiting 18 months because not this summer, but the next summer we're going to get in Batman. Mm. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, this we gotta is... get our money back up. We're gonna win Champions League and La Liga with the other two, and then get our money back up. Oh well, I I can see it happening. That would calling be it now. Yeah, um, we're gonna sit on this so people <laughs> please look back on this in eighteen months and see the Anthony Chopa. Yeah, I'm fuck... on hold with the president right now. No, oh, thank you, um, <laughs> Donald Perez. Real Madrid Perez <laughs> Perez. Um, all right, well, Anthony, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, thank you so much, and go check out his podcast, uh, Suburban Hood Rats. And his twit at their Twitter at Hoodrat Tings because Hoodrat Things was taken. Tings, yeah, Things was taken. We went with Tings. Hoodrat Tings. Hoodrat. Hoodrat Tings. All right. Well, thank you so much, Anthony. Yep. Okay, that was a lot of fun. Thanks, Anthony. Uh, well, we're gonna wrap this shit up with some Twitter questions. Uh, and the first question comes from American EPL Thoughts or at American EPL. Uh, they ask us, will there be another managerial? casualty i thought it was causality i'm like causality <laughs> it took you a couple minutes I to know. realize how to read i'm fucking stupid anyway <laughs> so is there going to be another manager who's going to get sacked this year they're saying the odds uh the favorite is Mars mauricio pellegrino who we thought was this we were like wait the city coach and we're like oh wait they have different names um is favored at eight to 13 odds which you know i still don't know how odds work i'm like eight to 13 is that like eight out of 13 or like I eight to 13 i think so i just know plus minuses and all yeah. that stuff but i i think that oh back to the question yeah, right, yeah 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 you know they asked the question probably deserve an answer um i think southampton will most likely fire a coach but i think the dark horse in this race and i don't think he's going to get fired because of his managerial uh tactics or tendencies or record but i think he's going to get fired because of his ownership um or the club's ownership and the turmoil that it's been going through for the past six years 
And if you haven't guessed, it's Newcastle and Rafa Benitez. Um, Rafa. Rafa. Mufasa, Mufasa, Rafa. Rafa, Rafa, Rafa. I think he's going to be gone. Um, When I first started watching the Prem, Newcastle hated their fucking owner. You fast forward 12 years, still hate their fucking owner. And he's finally selling the club. But at the same time, refusing to actually sell the club. So I think that Mike Ashley, who is the owner, is gonna pull like a um like a a nuclear code and just take everyone out with him. He's gonna take Rafa out, he's gonna fire everyone that he can before he sells this club. It's gonna be the meteor that's gonna hit Newcastle. It's gonna be the red wedding. Oh spoiler alert, everyone dies. Yeah. Everyone dies. Catch up on Game of Thrones. Um our boy Anthony Chopa, who just, you know, fun fact, just did an interview with us. Uh he said who is gonna get relegated? Um, I'm going to say Crystal Palace. Um, I don't want to say Swansea. I know. I know, dude. Like, I'm literally like, I'm like cringing because I don't want to say Swansea, but it's probably going to be Swansea. But you know, Cardiff, Cardiff is going to come back and bring, bring a Welsh side up, which still <coughs> weirds me out that there's Welsh teams, which is also British, but there's no Northern Irish or Scottish teams in the Premier League. I don't know. That's a whole, we had to do a whole Google thing about that. Anyway. Um, and then I don't know who, who do you have? I'd put uh, Swansea, Crystal, and West Brom going ooh, down. Ooh. Watford. I said that in the beginning of the season. So now that they've uh, sacked their coach, uh, Marco Silva, um, I'm going back to I'm, you know my sitter from the beginning of the year. Going back to it. Watford's getting relegated. Um, who we got some other questions around here. Uh, oh, our boy Stan White. Uh, you can follow him at Stan White with a Y eighty seven. He says. Why is my team so inconsistent arseholes? Or why are my team arseholes? Uh, he's talking about Liverpool. Uh, <laughs> um, same starting 11 against City. And we go to Wales and lose at Liberty. Um, Liberty Stadium, which is Swansea Stadium. Um, can't say I'm surprised, but still. And my thing is, never count out a sheep shagger. And that's what the Welsh are known for. They're known for their love for the sheep. So I don't fuck with people who, you know. Don't fuck with sheep? Yeah, No, people who fuck sheep. I don't fuck with people who fuck sheep. I thought you were a Swansea fan. I don't am, they fuck sheep? Yeah, well, I am also a sheep shagger. That's All right, a, there you go. That's, that's the fucking um, secret. <laughs> no, I, th- uh, I think that it's not because they uh, fuck sheep. Um, I think that's definitely <laughs> a part of it. Um, <laughs> but uh, never did I think that I was ever going to say... I don't think they lost because Swansea fucked sheep. Okay, good call. Um, <laughs> but I think it's the defense. Uh, they brought Virgil van Dijk in. Um, in all honesty, Stan, Virgil van Dijk isn't a world-class defender. He was good on Tottenham. He wasn't world-class. And Virgil van Dijk, you mean on Southampton? Thank you. Thank I you. got you. Uh, all true facts, by the way. But I think... <laughs> don't ever question us. <laughs> yeah, I think only we can question ourselves. I think that the defense errors have not been addressed. Nope. It is still all about attack. And Liverpool can play some great football, and they don't really have to worry about defense sometimes. But at other times, their defense lets them down, and it's the same at the Sheep Shaggers. Um, yeah, I think definitely... I think Virgil van Dijk is a nice piece, but I think they're still left and right back to fix. And, and they got their center back. Um, and a goalie. Um, I think Matt Teep's decent. I think if they get two nice left to right backs and maybe a new center defensive mid, I think they'll be fine. I think going forward and goalkeeper, obviously. Um, our next question is from World Football Talk. You can follow them at WFT underscore podcast. Uh, should Rashford be loaned out? Um, I don't think so. I think he's getting enough starting time and he's still very young. Um, we all know David Beckham got loaned out and then made his name coming back to Manchester United. 
Um, where did David Beckham get loaned out to? I have it on the tip of my tongue. It's it's a it's a good old squad. Oh my it lord! It wasn't Nottingham Forest. No, no, it, Preston, Preston, Preston Town. Yeah. Um, I I don't think he should get loaned out either. Um, I think that that's kind of like a I just used this term a nuclear option. I think mm. Rashi is twenty years old, nineteen twenty years old. Um, the boy has twelve more amazing years in front of him. He's got four more years till he hits his prime. Mm-hmm. Keep getting him into that starting eleven. It doesn't matter if it's every single game or every other game. Just keep getting him experience at Manchester United. He's got the quality. He doesn't need to be loaned out unless we see a haymaker from Alexis Sanchez and Rashford is relegated to the bench the rest of the season. Then I say loan him out. Loan him to uh, Spain, Germany. Don't loan him to another team in the Prem. Yeah, my big thing is, uh, you know, I know you don't want Rashford. Look, if I was a United fan, I wouldn't want Rashford because right. he's given you guys so much I know. great young hope in the past mm-hmm. couple of years. But I think for his own benefit, especially since Mourinho doesn't really like young players prior, like I mean, I mean, this year he's definitely been using a lot because I think a lot of his stock has been hurt. Like a lot of his players, his older players, have been injured. So I think he's had to resort to using his younger players, and they've shown up. I think Martial, Rashford, especially Jesse Lingard. Have all played phenomenally, but I think I, I I'll say it. I think Rashford should be loaned out because I think he needs to get more starting time, and only for a year. I'm not saying like, oh, like he's gone forever. I think give him a year so he can get that full starting time, let him shine. Um, maybe not another Premier League team, kind of like how like Chesney was sent out to Roma, and now he got he's about to be almost a starter at Juventus. Or, um, I think it would do him a great deal of good to get more starting time. But I know, I know, as a Man United fan, the heart will tell you no. Yeah, yeah, but I, I agree to the point that Rashi needs starting time. Um, and, but I think that if he goes to another club, like we see players nowadays going to another club and just not rediscovering their form when they come back mm-hmm. to a club, where they're just loaned out, loaned out loaned out so that's that's my worry if we loan mm-hmm. him out but you know what it's a tricky situation we'll see at the end of the season um yeah that's uh that does it for twitter questions thank you guys so much this is our longest podcast so if you made it this far you get to hear an advertisement we <laughs> love yeah yeah tricked you bitches um i think you guys should check out stadiumscene.com uh, because you know football season's over, but we have MLS starting. There's still hockey. There's still basketball and baseball spring training starting up soon. And StadiumScene.com is here to tell you the best places around the stadium to go find restaurants, find bars, so you can go get fucked up at games. I love doing that, and they'll tell you parking and all sorts of stuff. So Martin, um, tell us, tell them uh, where you can find us with Stadium Scene. So, it's pretty fucking simple. Instead of typing in stayamscene.com, you type in stayamscene.tv and you have instant access to all of our blogs, our videos, our our videos. I've already said that. Holy shit. Our episodes. This. this. Yes. You, you can this. Listen, you can listen to this shit on all the, the time. All the time on stadiumscene.tv, not .com, but also make sure to go to .com <laughs> and find the best places to go out for bars, restaurants, and tickets. Thank you guys so much. This has been an awesome podcast. Shout out to Walt Witt, the greatest poet of all time, besides Tupac. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Sometimes I feel like I'm just talking to myself.